Well, let me say, first of all, dear friends, it is um, good to be back again in the New Beginnings Church. And I think a few weeks ago you had my son David here with you. And uh, he is the young version, and I am the old version. And I can anticipate getting my P45 after the service because you, you want to have the, the young version instead of the, the old version. But here I am, and uh, it's good to be back again here to speak to you. Now, I was speaking in a large church some time ago, and I got up and I said, I want all of you to, to close your Bibles. Which I thought would be a bit strange. And uh, I said, I'm going to ask you three questions. But unfortunately, not one of them could answer any of the three questions I put to them. Now, I want you also to close your Bibles. don't want you to cheat. I'm going to ask you the same three questions. And who knows, there could be some biblical eggheads in the meeting this morning. And you will probably know the questions. The first question I asked them was this. How many chapters in the book of Genesis? And they couldn't give me an answer. One came almost the right answer. The second question I put was this, uh, how many chapters in the book of Genesis uh, are devoted to describing the creation of the world and the universe? Again, they couldn't tell me. I asked them the third question, it was this, uh, how many chapters are devoted to the life of Joseph? the son of Jacob and Rachel. Again, they couldn't tell me. Now I just wonder, dear friends, if I were to ask you those same three questions, I wonder, could you answer one of them, two of them, three of them? Perhaps you could. But of course you know that uh, there are 50 chapters in the book of Genesis. One man in the church said 49. He almost got it right. But there are 50 chapters. The answer to the second question is this. There are about one and a half chapters devoted to describing the creation of the world, the universe, and then, of course, the answer to the third question, how many chapters devoted to the life of Joseph? And, of course, the answer is 13 chapters are devoted to one man, Joseph. More than Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Noah, more chapters are devoted to Joseph in the book of Genesis than to any other character in the book. Now, I don't know about you, dear friends, but to me that seems a wee bit disproportionate. 
one and a half chapters with regard to the universe, the creation of the worlds, and then 13 chapters devoted to the person of Joseph. Now, I wonder why. Why are there so many chapters given over to describing Joseph? Well, that is what I want to speak about this morning for a little time. And I want to give you three reasons why we have 13 chapters devoted to Joseph. Three reasons. The first reason is this. We're going to see that the life of Joseph is a wonderful type of the Lord Jesus. And then secondly we're going to see that the life of Joseph is a great illustration of Romans 8 and 28. And then the last we're going to see that the life of Joseph is a tremendous example of a forgiving attitude. And there's the three reasons why I believe that God in his word has given so many chapters to the life of Joseph. He's going to zoom in. He's going to put the spotlight on these three great lessons we can learn from Joseph. And what a character Joseph was. We heard the story from our Sunday school days, did we not? The man with the coat of many colors. The lovely character of Joseph. Here's the first lesson then. Joseph is a wonderful type of the Lord Jesus. Now we're not told in the Bible that Joseph is a type of Jesus. In fact there's only one man that we're told is a type of Jesus. And that is Adam. He's the only one in the Bible that is specifically said to be a type of Jesus. Paul says that in Romans chapter 5, concerning Adam, he is a figure of him that is to come. The Greek word for figure is tupus, which signifies type. But you cannot read the 13 chapters of the book of Genesis with regard to Joseph without realizing time and time and time again he illustrates the life of our wonderful and blessed Lord Jesus. Do you know that there are 100 similarities, analogies between Joseph in the Old Testament and the Lord Jesus in the New Testament. One hundred. Now, I'm feeling a bit generous this morning, and I'm going to get you started. I'm going to give you the first four. And then after, in the afternoon, what you're going to do is this. You're going to go home don't turn the television. There's really not much on today. And I want you to read the 13 chapters of Genesis and then put down the other 96. 
And then when you've done that, bring them to Graham, and he'll check them out to make sure they're all correct. So that's your homework this afternoon. I'm going to give you the first four, and then all you have to do is to find the other 96. And I can assure you, there are 100 points of analogy between the two. Here's the first one to get you started. Joseph was sold for 20 pieces of silver. His half-brothers, they sold young Joseph, 17 years of age, and they sold him to the Ishmaelites for 20 pieces of silver. (coughs) Judas the Iscariot sold our Lord Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. So there you see the first point of analogy. Joseph 20 pieces of silver and our Lord was sold for 30 pieces of silver. Then we find that Joseph was 30 years of age when he became the governor, the prime minister of Egypt. And we find that our Lord Jesus was 30 years of age when he began his public ministry of preaching and teaching and healing the sick. We also find, thirdly, that Joseph was loved by his father Jacob. He loved Joseph more than the rest of his sons. So Joseph was loved by his father. We also find that our Lord Jesus was loved by his father. Indeed, John the Baptist says, The father loveth the son, and have given all things into his hands. Then the Lord Jesus prayed in John chapter 17. He said, Father, glorify thy me with the glory that I had with thee before the foundation of the world, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. Then we find that Joseph resisted temptation. Do you remember the episode in Joseph's life? A young man in Egypt, hundreds of miles away from his home, and Mrs. Potiphar tried to seduce him. But we're told that Joseph resisted the temptation, not once, but day after day after day, he resisted the temptation to succumb to the temptations of Mrs. Potiphar. And then we find, do we not, that for 40 days in the wilderness, our Lord Jesus was tempted by the devil himself. But he did not succumb to the temptations. He resisted them every time. And don't get the idea, dear friends, that that was the only temptations the Lord had. Of course not. Right through his life and ministry, and even when he was on the cross, he was tempted. Because the scribes and Pharisees said, if you are the Son of God, come down from the cross and we will believe you. What a temptation that was for the Lord to display his power, his majesty, to come down from the cross. But he did not do it. 
So there's four points of similarity between Joseph and the Lord himself. So that's good you started. So all you have to do is go home this afternoon and to look up the other 96. That'll keep you going. 96, and they're all there in the book of Genesis. Wonderful points of analogy between them. Now, if you don't believe me, and if you want to cheat, well, I'll show you how you can do it. You can go to a a Christian bookshop. There's one in Motherwell. There could be one in Glasgow. And uh, go along the shelf uh, and look for uh, Dr. A.W. Pink's book uh, entitled Gleanings in Genesis. And you'll find that Dr. Pink in that book uh, gives you all the hundred points of similarity between the two of them. And he refers to another writer to do so. So, genuine. So, the life of Joseph is a wonderful type, a wonderful picture of our wonderful and glorious Lord Jesus. But then, secondly, the life of Joseph is a great illustration of Romans 8 and 28. You're probably saying, Stanley, What's Romans 8 and 28? Well, I hope you know that wonderful verse. Here's what it says. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Now, it doesn't say, and we know that some things work together or no doesn't say that we know that most things work together or no doesn't say that we know that many things work together no no it says and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God now dear friends the next time you read the life of Joseph and you'll have to do that this afternoon the 13 chapters in order to get the 96 points as you do so look upon the life of Joseph as a big jigsaw puzzle now do you like doing jigsaw puzzles I used to visit a woman she's since gone to heaven and you know that was a habit. Or she, 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 she used to love, that was a habit, she used, she used to love doing jigsaw puzzles. And every time we went, she would show me a vast picture of a jigsaw puzzle that she had just completed. And my, it was wonderful to look at those wonderful pictures. Spending hour upon hour upon hour looking after and fitting together all the different pieces of the jigsaw puzzle. Look upon the life of Joseph then as a great jigsaw puzzle. And you'll find, dear friends, that piece by piece, they all slot it together so you get the complete picture. Here's the first one. He was sold to the Ishmaelites. And at that precise moment, they were going down 
into Egypt. Going south, not going north, but going south. And then they sold him to Potiphar. Not to any Tom, Dick, or Harry, but to Potiphar, who was captain of the guard. And then Potiphar did a misjustice to Joseph. He put him into prison. Not any sort of prison, but into the prison where the king's prisoners were kept. And it was there that he met the chief butler and the chief baker. And then we find that after two years, the chief butler remembers concerning Joseph. And then we find that as a result of that, Joseph was elevated to be the governor, the prime minister of Egypt. So there's six pieces of the jigsaw puzzle that fit it together in Joseph's life. We know that all things working together for good. Now, I haven't made much patience and time to do jigsaw puzzles, but you know, there's one thing I love to do. When somebody has spent hours and hours doing jigsaw puzzles uh, and there's just the last piece, I say, now, wait a minute, give me that last piece and uh, I just love to slot it in. And when you slot the last piece in, what do you find? You find the complete picture. And the life of Joseph is a tremendous jigsaw puzzle. And all the pieces, they fit nicely together. Piece by piece. Until you see the complete picture. And I wonder, dear Christian, this morning, am I speaking to you? And you've been through a difficult time. You've got problems, you've got anxieties, you've got worries, you've got frustrations, and you don't know what's happening to you, what's going on, why this, why that. Well, Romans 8 and 28 is still in the Bible. Get a hold of that. We know that all things work together for good. Now, of themselves, they don't. How can they? They are opposites. But you see, God in his sovereignty causes everything that happens in your life and my life to synchronize, to work together for your good and for his ultimate glory. Now, those of us who have got cars... I don't know much about cars, but sometimes I lift the ballot to put uh, water in for the windscreen. And I look at it and I say, my, where's going here? Where's going there? How, how does it all work together? I haven't a clue. But I know that they do. And when I turn on the ignition, it all works together to give me power, to give me energy. To take me to my destination. And dear child of God this morning. There's a day coming in your life and my life. In which we shall look back. 
and we shall see the complete picture all the jigsaw pieces in your life and my life have been put together by the wonderful hand of God himself who sees the end from the beginning who sees all things in their entirety now we know this from the life of Joseph and remember Romans 8 and 28 wasn't in existence in Joseph's day he couldn't turn to the New Testament and say oh that's wonderful it wasn't even written then it wasn't even in existence but you go to chapter 50 of Genesis and here's what he said to his half brothers as he looks back upon his life you meant it for evil but God meant it for good what a testimony he looked back and he realized the hand of God at every step at every stage of the journey so the life of Joseph is a wonderful type of your Lord and my Lord the life of Joseph is a great illustration of Romans 8 and verse 28 but let me say thirdly the life of Joseph is a tremendous example of a forgiving attitude I have to confess dear Christian this morning I find it difficult to read the life of Joseph without crying do you, do you find that I find it difficult to read the life of Joseph without crying tears come to my eyes here's a young man sold into slavery for 13 years at the age of 17 and the next 13 years he's a slave in Egypt before he's elevated to be the governor and if there was any man who had every cause to be resentful and bitter it was young Joseph tell me how would you feel how would you feel if you were a young person a young man or a young woman just 17 years of age and you're taken by your half brothers and you're sold for 20 pieces of silver to the Israelites and for the next 13 years a slave <coughs> would you be full of bitterness animosity hatred of course you would we are but human and yet uh, the marvellous thing is this about young Joseph uh, a tremendous example of a forgiving attitude I believe uh, with all my heart this morning dear friends uh, that Joseph forgave his half brothers for the awfulness that they did to him in selling him to 
the Ishmaelites. He forgave them. I also believe that he forgave the chief butler. Do you remember the chief butler had this dream? A few days time he was reinstated to Pharaoh. And Joseph said to him, Now remember me when it's well of you. Think of me. Mention me to Pharaoh. But the Bible says that, that the, the chief butler forgot about him for two long years. Now just can, can you imagine Joseph in prison? The chief butler has been reinstated and Joseph probably thinks to himself man I'll, any day now any day now uh, he'll mention me to, to Pharaoh and he'll bring me to this prison day after day week after week month after month for two years silence forgot I believe that uh, Joseph forgave the chief butler for forgetting about him but I also believe and listen to this I believe that Joseph forgave Mrs. Potiphar for accusing Joseph of rape to her husband Potiphar do you remember she tried to seduce him she looked at him and I just can imagine uh, Joseph, tall, dark and handsome we say and she tried to seduce him but Joseph to his credit resisted the temptation now think of that dear friends here's young Joseph 17 of age a young man full of life and vitality like any other young man hundreds of miles from home he could very easily have given in probably thought to himself well I who's going to know about it I'm hundreds of miles away from home who's going to know about it let me give you an illustration it has been my privilege over the years to, to preach in America and Canada Newfoundland and one occasion I was doing some meetings in New York in Manhattan among all the skyscrapers and in the afternoon I was out for a walk and I was walking in a part of New York City and this young woman came to me and this was about 3 o'clock in the afternoon and she said to me and I can never forget the words she said can I be of service to you? she was a prostitute in broad daylight she approached me and said, could I be of service to you? My dear friends, I got away as fast as I could from that particular place. But you see, it would have been easy for me, like Joseph. I was thousands of miles away from Scotland. Who would have known about it? And Joseph forgave Mrs. Potiphar for accusing him of something he didn't do and that is rape and dear friends that took something didn't it to forgive Mrs. Potiphar also I believe that Joseph forgave Potiphar for taking his wife's word against his he was innocent he was done a grave injustice 
And yet I believe that he forgave Mrs. Potiphar. Let me say, dear friends, and I say this very, very graciously, there are many people in our churches today and they're not knowing the blessing of God in their lives because they have an unforgiving attitude and spirit. Now, I don't know this little congregation this morning, but I ask you, ask yourself this question. Is there in your heart, is there in my heart, an unforgiving attitude? Perhaps a brother or a sister or relative has, some, has done something against you. You were in the wrong, or you were in the right, and they've done this against you. And perhaps there is an unforgiving attitude, an unforgiving spirit. Does that describe you? Does that describe me this morning? If that's the case, emulate Joseph. He had a forgiving attitude. Think of that for a few seconds, dear friends. Because as long as you've got that unforgiving attitude and spirit, you are blocking the blessing of God in your life and my life. Now, no doubt you've heard the name of Curry Ten Boone, have you? Curry Ten Boone, a Dutch Christian. And along with her sister Betsy, they were, they were in a consecration camp in Germany during the last war. And they were brutally assaulted by the Nazis. And as a result, Betsy, her sister, died, actually in captivity. Curry Temboon was liberated. She was a Christian and one time she was preaching in a certain place and I think she was speaking along the line even of forgiveness, pardon and after the service one of the brutal guards that she knew in the concentration camp was in the meeting and he had got converted and he came along and he came to Corrie Temboon and he put it he put in his hand to shake hands with him to, to, to shake hands with her and for a few seconds Corrie Temboon froze she recognised him he was one of the brutal guards that was cruel to her and her sister Betsy and he's put it in his hand and you know, there was the temptation in her heart not to shake hands with him. But then the Lord spoke to her in those few minutes and said, Curry, I forgive you for your sins. Surely you can forgive him for his brutality 
to you. But he was a guard. And instead of shaking his hand, we're told that Curry put her arms around him, embraced him, and said, I forgive you. And all the peace and the joy and the liberty that came into her heart. You see, she got the victory over an unforgiving attitude. And you know, dear friends, what applies individually also applies collectively in our churches. Many of our churches are holding back the blessing of God because they have an unforgiving attitude and spirit in their midst. But Joseph, what a tremendous example of forgiveness. The life of Joseph. Wonderful type of our wonderful, precious Lord Jesus. Great illustration of Romans 8 and 28. All things working together for your good and for my good. Tremendous example of a forgiving attitude and spirit. Well, I know you'll want to get busy this afternoon going back to those 13 chapters in the book of Genesis. You've got 96 points. I've given you four. I've been generous this morning. I've given you four. And all you have to do is the other 96. And I'm sure Graham will be eagerly anticipating getting all the answers next Sunday. And who knows, Graham? They may have another hundred, maybe 120, but at least, at least there are 100 points between Joseph in the Old Testament and the heavenly Joseph in the New Testament. May the Lord bless to us his precious word for his name. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for the lovely character of Joseph. We're moved, Lord, as we read his life. And we're so glad that he speaks to us of the heavenly Joseph, our blessed Lord, your beloved Son. And I ask, dear Lord, that you might take your precious word and that you might bless it to all our hearts and to all our minds. And dear Lord, as we read these 13 chapters, may the Spirit of God take the word of God to reveal the Christ of God. For the glory of God, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.